Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Controller Pork Podcast, episode 67. I'm Benjamin Yoder, and I'm here today to talk to you about, uh, let's talk about controllers first, video game controllers. I'm here to talk about video games, so in that, in that, in that vein is uh, video game controllers, and uh, if I believe I talked about it last week, where I was kind of opening up a lot of my controllers, trying to... I had like a, a handful of controllers that I'd set to the side that were here with me um, and like in kind of various conditions that made them undesirable to play with. Um, so I opened those up and, and, and kind of cleaned them out and uh, and all that stuff. And I got probably about three out of four working pretty well. I did about a couple of replacement parts for the GameCube controller, specifically just analog stick stuff. Um and those worked out pretty good. The PlayStation 2 controller, though, uh, did not work out, unfortunately. Uh, the the up uh, input on the D-pad and the L1 input, and I think the L2 as well, uh, just straight up don't function um, on that controller. And I believe the reason why is that inside the controller there's like this membrane uh, circuit kind of thing. And I believe the conductive... Um, like the conductive, uh, I guess, line you'd call that basically tells the controller, hey, these buttons are being pressed, um, is, is maybe broken somewhere. And um, there are ways to kind of resolve that, but it requires like getting like a conductive like material that you basically paste onto onto it. And then you have to like make sure you don't, you know, cross any lines or anything like that. You have to get a really clean line and all that stuff. And uh, ultimately I decided it was like, eh, this probably isn't worth it. And then um, I think we can also buy like membrane replacements, but uh, I couldn't figure out how to get a membrane off the actual controller um, components itself. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this. And I already have a perfectly working PS2 controller and it's pretty rare that I ever need anything. But then I found I actually have another controller here that wasn't mine originally. It just was given to me at one point. The, the analog sticks were, um, I don't know if they were messed up or replaced. I think someone might have ripped all the like rubber off of it. Um, and so it was just like the plastic under layer of it. Um, so I took the analog sticks from the one I was having that didn't have the, you know, those buttons functioning and then just put those on the other controller and, uh, and yeah, it's works. And now I have a, a second working controller from the, from the other one. So, so as far as I can tell, I played, a I played a bit of, um, PlayStation, uh, one imports, uh, with it, which if you didn't see, I actually did a stream, um, where I uh, went through some of my more recent imports. I think I talked about it on a podcast recently, and, and a handful of those were PlayStation 1 games. Uh, most of them were kind of unremarkable. <laughs> um, Tales of the Fandom has, like, a cute puzzle game in it. Um, or not cute, just it's just kind of a puzzle game. Uh, and then... Um, and then uh, there's this game called Great Hits, which just has a really weird style. It's like a music video making game, but I didn't really spend enough time with it to really learn what was happening. Uh, I would have to spend a good chunk of time just kind of feeling out the menus and stuff. Uh, more importantly, I played uh, Blue on that collection, and uh, it's called Blue Legend of Water, and it's like a um, in a, uh, a like a kind of like a Echo the Dolphin kind of thing, except for you're a person who who is working with a dolphin. Uh, to, to solve things. So I played a little bit of that 
and um and really the only thing i ended up doing in it was like <laughs> it's like a really terrible animation but for the most part you know it got the point across uh, a boulder like fell into the water and like caught this guy underwater so you have to tell the dolphin like hey help me push help me push this boulder and then you tell the dolphin that and then you have to push the boulder as well um because you're a person underwater there's like it, it is like swimming controls it feels pretty fluid though in in some ways so i think it's just a matter of um it's actually pretty sensitive so it's easy to, like over over um compensate i feel like for going in certain directions but once i think once i get the feel for it it'll be pretty good um but that game is pretty pretty interesting and it has a unique like i don't know about a unique art style but it has an interesting look to it um i i think the art a little bit reminds me a little bit of like trace memory and stuff like that which i feel like i've been talking about trace memory a lot recently (laughs) but uh it, it reminds me of that look a little bit um but I mean, it's a PS1, you know, game with 3D character models, so that doesn't really translate over to the <laughs> to the actual character models in the game. So, so yeah, I did that. Um, I also played a visual novel, Galaxy Frule. I always forget the name, Galaxy Frolin or something like that, the PCFX version. But I have the, only a trial disc for it, not the actual um, final game. So, so I poked around in that a bit, but uh, it wasn't particularly interesting for streaming purposes. So I just kind of stopped playing it after a little bit. Um, you did need to play like a slot machine where you dressed your character up. It was, it was kind of cute, except for the fact that it was like, um, it was pretty uh, set in stone what you need to dress her in. I think it was just like, oh, she's going to school. Therefore, please dress her in her school clothes rather than the other clothes. Um, where I was just like, I don't know, I want to put these sunglasses on her. <laughs> I didn't want to let me do that. It said miss and, and made me force me to, to dress her appropriately for, for her school occasion. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, probably what I played most on that stream was Homeland. That's a GameCube, like, uh, online RPG thing. That's something I want to do more with. I, it's probably the most interesting game out of that bunch. And, and it was, aside from the Super Nintendo controller, probably one of the other driving factors of why I, I imported all those other games in the first place. Um, um, Homeland's just like a, it's a, it's strange. It's a very like, um, I'd say old school style, uh, RPG. Uh, maybe I say it's influenced from like old school style MMORPGs, like mechanically. It feels, it feels very simple. And like the early on stuff is just like very, very grind heavy. It feels like, um, but it looks like you have maybe about like eight to 10 worlds or something like that. And you kind of walk around and you don't make your character per se. You just kind of choose if you're a guy or girl, and then you put a mascot on your character. So when you go to the actual worlds to fight, um, you, you equip yourself with a mascot. So you start out with a, uh, like an elf guy with blue hair and then like a block. Um, and, um, so yeah, so you go around this, these worlds and you just, at the beginning, it's just pretty much just fighting slimes and stuff and you earn some spells. Um, it's got a really nice art style to it and it doesn't like, um, because it's an online game, it doesn't like cut away when you go to battles. It pretty much just fight, the fights just happen on the, on the open world itself, which at the time, um, I think you could say was not super, super common, but I think it was, you know, fairly stuff like Final Fantasy 12 and stuff was coming out at that time. So it's not like, you know, un- unheard of or anything like that. Um, so yeah, Homeland is pretty cool. I'm looking forward to trying to figure it out. I want to try to get somebody to play it online with me because it's actually, you can do a direct IP connection and I'm not sure if that supports only two players or if you can load to four, but um, essentially at some point in the game, the, the player can host a server 
on their own and um and like as far as i can tell it's just like built into the game there's nothing like this this isn't like a hacking kind of thing you just like you have a certain string of text you put in and it sounds like that there's this <laughs> the post that's describing it makes it kind of like urban legendy in a way that makes it feel like eh, maybe this isn't actually how this happened but supposedly uh it was passed on by the developers and the game was going offline and uh they're like hey you can do a direct ip connection using this um this this uh text um in the game if you load this text into the game um through the chat window um and then you can um you can basically play online with other people essentially forever because as long as you know the internet doesn't change too much for that <laughs> that kind of connection wouldn't work uh it should be fine so so yeah I, I'm, I might see i saw that the there was one person who who originally was posting about the game seems like he might still be fairly active and talking about the game um he might be the one guy <laughs> that i can find so i might reach out to him and see if i could uh play some play some with him once i get far enough but uh yeah i'm not sure where that's gonna that's gonna fall into place right now i'm still trying to finish up shaman king and sort of online it's taking so long uh it's not, it's not taking so long because the games are taking so long it's just taking so long because i'm not playing them enough uh i've been i've been having to to look into some stuff um some uh trying to <laughs> do doctor appointment stuff and things like that so real life things just getting in the way also i have to get a new apartment which i'm looking around for that so that's a good time there's one like i'm just gonna share this little story there's one apartment <laughs> that i was um i was there seeing and the lady was just like in the center of the apartment just like singing the entire time while i was looking around usually they like walk around and like oh here's this here's this here's this this lady just like stood in the living room and sang while i was looking at the place it was kind of interesting um, but I was like, oh, whatever, man, I can look at an apartment <laughs> like by myself. I don't need you to point me where the bathroom is. So for the most part, that was, that was interesting. Kind of, it was just a weird thing. Uh, there's Gamescom news this week. And, uh, unfortunately I had pulled up a list of things I kind of want to look at, but nothing really caught my eye that like really stood out. So maybe it was best that I lost my list of stuff on accident. Um, the one thing I do remember that I was kind of, and we'll just hit this real quick. Uh, the SNK Heroines uh, has a Million Arthur character in it, weirdly enough, which you don't know. Million Arthur is like some uh, mobile game uh, that's popular in Japan. I don't think it ever really took off here, but there's like a really silly series of um, shorts on Square Enix's um, YouTube channel for that series that I've watched. Um, I think by the person who does Ami Ami. Is that what that series is called? There's like an anime series called like Ami Ami or something like that. No, that's a retailer. Uh, I can't remember. I'll I'll have to try to remember later, um, but yeah. So so, anyways, Million Arthur, uh, that made me slightly more interested in SNK Heroines. Um, at some point, we'll see. I don't know. I I just bought Tatsunoko versus Capcom Ultimate Generations, which I mean I've already played Tatsunoko versus Capcom, but this is the U.S. version with new stuff in it that I never got to play. So so yeah. Anyways, that side note aside. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I also saw that um, if you if you are interested in Final Fantasy XI, um, I and this isn't. I shouldn't say it's like official news or anything, but it was just something that I had caught on the um, on the Twitters. Um, they had like a four hour stream that they did. And uh, one, the, one person uh, was tweeting about it in Japanese, basically posting the um, the Q&A stuff that they, they were going on. And apparently like Final Fantasy XI subscription numbers are up, weirdly enough, it sounds like. I'll post the tweet in, in, in the description because I mean, I'm just Google translating it. 
and I'm just going off what this person said. I haven't really able to figure out where the like I don't I haven't seen any text versions of the conversation or the uh, question and answer stuff yet for that four hour stream. Maybe because it's a four hour stream. <laughs> um, but uh, but basically just saying that subs are up, they're profitable, and uh, and that there's no plans to shut the game down right now, which is kind of uh, interesting to see that still going. And I would be curious why the subscription numbers are up, but I mean, like, I'm not keeping up with the updates or anything like that. So it's interesting. Um, uh, maybe maybe just people feel more nostalgic for the game going back more frequently or something like that. So I need to get back to it. I need to go through the Winterstein storyline. Um, I actually have like a Final Fantasy XI article that's been sitting around for a while. That I need to figure out how to finish up. It's basically just like, hey, let's talk about the story of Final Fantasy XI because that's kind of an interesting, like, huge thing to talk about, but it's difficult to really, really contextualize for someone who's not who's not been a part of the um, been a part of the Final Fantasy XI community, you know, for a long time. So I guess that's pretty much all I had for this week. So I think we're gonna actually bring out a fortune cookie. Uh, let me go ahead and pull that up here. Um, I probably would have had more to talk about if I didn't lose all that, that stuff that I was looking at. But again, it's a lot of little stuff. I was looking at something called like Hero 5. It's like a Korean, like, I guess, beat up kind of thing by Hammer Entertainment. But I couldn't find much information about it. Uh, this game's no good. I can't really talk about that one. Um, um, but yeah, and there's a, a few other things. I saw the Xenoblade 2 had, uh, Elma announced for, um, for, um... For Xenoblade 2 has a blade. Um, I'm going to get that, that Xenoblade 2 expansion, the physical version, at some point. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I think it comes out next month. So uh, I don't really know how... <laughs> I don't know how long that thing is and how much time I'm going to spend on it. I really would like to spend more time with Xenoblade 2, but I just it's it's hard to, to justify it at this point. Um, and I, I have an Xenoblade 2 article I still want to write about the story of the game. I kind of touched on the story a little bit in that video I did. Um... But um, I didn't really go super in depth on it, probably because like my my major major feelings about the story are kind of in the the end part of the story, and that might be considered spoilers. Um, so, and so I kind of foc- and I thought it was worth focusing on the fact that Rex as a character isn't like particularly well developed at times. Um, I, I wish they did a little bit more with Rex, but I, I think they did a fantastic job with the rest of the cast, and I think probably because of. Rex. Uh, probably because of that. That's why Rex is in the state he's in. Sayonara Umihara Kawase. I had a hard time saying that for some reason. Um, this is actually the PC version that's noted here, but uh, but I only played it on Nintendo 3DS, um, and I'm guessing they're probably the same game for the most part, um, which I had been interested in Umihara Kawase for a while. I can't remember where I originally had seen it. Um, you know, there's the Super Nintendo release and the PS1 release. I'm going to guess maybe I saw it on, like, um, on uh, Game Center CX or something like that, and, and that's probably where I, I took an interest in it because... I do like the idea of like Bionic Commando's um, arm, and this is always the comparison everybody makes, so it's not like anything new comparison. But I like the idea of like the the arm in Bionic Commando, but I don't like how stiff it is. I really don't like the implementation of it all that all all that often. But I mean, there's more to Bionic Commando than just that like grapple arm thing. Um, it's a very very I would say almost like Castlevania like way where it's like every action has a uh, 
has a a very specific path it's going to to send you on as you do it like if you throw yourself things like that anyways this isn't about Bayon commando this is about Sayonara Umi Harikawase which you don't know is basically like this uh girl who walks around she's got like a little backpack on and she has a fishing lure that she can throw and like stick into the sides of uh the environment or in the ceilings or really anywhere as long as you're hitting a physical object that is not ice I think ice I think you cannot grab onto um and then you can basically sit there and swing yourself around and you can kind of like extend and uh and um contract the the line as you're swinging around on it so you can do some interesting things um with uh the momentum because it's very dynamic in how the uh the line will actually affect you like you can eventually like you know if you shorten it enough you can get into positions where you're like vibrating between locations because you know your line is you have a specific level of physics that's going and your line short enough that you're able to do that um and it's basically it's just you grabbing thing onto things and trying to throw yourself around and then after you throw yourself you can reach out again and try to grab on it's a very simple mechanic that uh actually has a lot of depth to it and um it's a really kind of you know, relaxing game for the most part the environments are pretty simple they're pretty much just a bunch of blocks that you're kind of going around on but there's different different um different uh backgrounds and stuff specifically with Sayonara Umihara Kwase uh there's like a bunch of like you know uh <laughs> like I don't even know like just interiors to some houses and like just some flying household supplies in general it's just like a very a very like oh my little tiny person in this very abstract looking environment that is kind of familiar but also very different it's like bathrooms and stuff you're in things like that and um you basically just swing around it has this really relaxing music i wish i was better at describing music but i really can't say too much more about it it's just like you know i would say yeah i don't know it's just kind of like a lot of a lot of like slow paced like uh, flute stuff with like some drums and like guitar and stuff i don't know it's very it's very chill uh and i think that's that's kind of something that you see with a lot of um more difficult puzzle games is that the actual in, like environment and vibe of the game is that it's actually very relaxing often for pretty cute um, but then it actually like is here to crush you kind of thing. Um, and I think less uh, it's less interesting as like, oh, this game is so cute, but it's going to destroy you. And more interesting to me on the, kind of the reverse side of that of saying like, hey, how does this like um, cute factor like uh, what is, what does it benefit the game in some ways? Like why why does it look like this? And and what does this mean for the difficulty? And I think I think it really just adds like a level of tolerance to the game because it's so relaxed and there's not much in the environment and in the music that really make you feel like anxious or anything like that. It's not like uh you know you have like a timer on screen or like you know there's some intense music while you're trying to like climb out while um while like a giant tadpole creature follows you usually it's just like a really chill like oh this is music that could probably be used for any kind of like i'm on the beach kind of situation just you know having a good time but no instead it's like i'm fighting a crab who's like stabbing at me um everything in the game is like giant sea creatures creatures and stuff for some reason so so Sayonara Kwase has some other like characters too that have different stats it's been so long though I can't quite remember what the different stats are I think some have like additional checkpoints and stuff where other ones just have to start at the beginning of the level but it's just a, a game that is uh pretty intense when you actually sit down and like use the mechanics and and kind of figure it out but when you are just like sitting there just kind of taking it in it's a very very relaxing game um 
Um, it has a really interesting level design as well, where it's basically like um, each level kind of has like multiple doors that take you to different parts of the game. Um, and some of the game, parts of the game are shorter paths, some parts of the game are longer paths, and all these doors kind of interconnect in different ways, and eventually you can get to, like, the final room by going through these different doors, so, so I think it's maybe impossible to, like, just go straight from the first room to the last room, I think you, you have to jump around a bit, and so it encourages, you know, replaying a bunch of areas, uh, or rather going back in the in the paths and like replaying an area to go through a different door and i think it's in our umihara kawasa you don't have to like replay the game i think you can just go back to the room that had the branching path um and i'm trying to remember if there's actually any kind of like um indicator of where that branching path is or if you just have to kind of remember where it is but yeah i, I assume the pc per- version is probably fine i played it on 3ds mainly and if i had a choice i probably would have played it on pc i always prefer playing on a on a home system when possible anything that shows up on a monitor or a tv screen is going to be more impre- more imp- more more valuable to me than something on like a portable just because i don't spend a lot of time playing portables and most of the time if i'm playing video games i'm at my desk uh which means i'd rather just play on a larger screen if i can so i think there's actually like a fan-made vr mode for sayonara umi umihara kawase which is actually kind of interesting to see just because it's like a very flat based game and then you I guess it'd be like similar to seeing any kind of like 2D platformer, not 2D, but like 3D, 3D, 2.5D, that term that was used, you know, during the DS era, but uh, like a 2.5D environment where you're like kind of walking around on these like hallways essentially. And then one way is like off into nothingness. The other way is just a straight wall you're looking at basically. So yeah, that game's cute. Good fun. I'd recommend checking it out. Um, I think I picked up all the ones on on PC because for some reason they got like delisted for a little bit and then now they're back. Um, I'm pretty sure you can pick them up now. So, so yeah, I need to play the Super Nintendo and PS One One at some point, but we'll see. I I tried to I almost started the first one, but I had some issues with using the DS Three tool and setting up proper controls. So that's a good time. That's gonna do it for this week. Thanks for coming. And uh, there's either going to be a Full Spectrum Warrior article this week or a Hello Neighbor article this week. One or the other. I think it's going to be Full Spectrum Warrior because uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to work on the Hello Neighbor one tonight. Um, I think I might just kind of chill and play some more Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet. Speaking of which, Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet will probably be the stream game this week um, because I want to go ahead and, and, and do that game because um, cause I, I like... I'm trying to like... I don't want to do like all new games and all old games in a row if possible. Like I don't mind doing all old games in a row if I don't have anything new to play, but if I'm, if I'm have a mix of the two, I'd like to kind of like back and forth them um, if I can. So, so we'll see. We shall see. Uh, other than that, just still working on Shaman King as well. So we'll see. I, I think I'm having some, some change of plans with Shaman King. Originally it was going to be a video. I think I'm going to actually expand it to, I think I'm going to expand the scope of what I want to do with the article. And then I'm going to, probably try to make it an article and see what i can do with it i might see if i can you know sell it somewhere or something which is something i really need to do and i feel like i feel like the 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 castlevania name is relevant enough at this point that um or rather rather metroidvania in general like the the konami related metroidvania scene is is kind of is kind of relevant in a way um, versus like the indie stuff that's coming out. Um, so I think that might be something worth pursuing. And I think I have some ideas on how to make that more, more interesting than just saying like, here, this thing's kind of like Castlevania. Um, so, so we'll see. I'm, I, I'm going to focus on finishing the second game first and then, uh, go from there on what I plan to do with that. 
Um, otherwise, I, I do have another video in mind. Um, I just have to capture a lot of the footage for it and then like write the article and stuff. So we'll see. Videos are, are a difficult thing to do, unfortunately. Um, they take a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of a lot of coordination of, you know, you know, getting a script that's gonna gonna not only read well, but also, you know, deliver itself well uh with, you know, video alongside it. And um and I, I kinda try to make those special cases when I can. Uh, to, to make sure that the, the time and effort is worth it because otherwise you just kind of end up with um, like that Panzer Dragoon order video. I don't really feel particularly great about that video. I mean, I, it was fine. I had a script set aside for it. So it was just like I had already kind of laid out what I wanted from it. But I I just feel like I need to have more of a passion for something before I make a video of it. So that's be it. It's going to be it. I don't know if that made, made any sense. Uh, words came out of my mouth, but then I wasn't sure if it said anything. So that's going to be it. <laughs> uh, have a good week and I'll see you soon. Bye.